Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we do week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, millennium after millennial. Millennium after millennium, <laughs> whatever it is, this thousand is, years, not a thousand time. years after <laughs> thousand years. We're like dinosaurs. Is it a millennium? Is a thousand years a millennium? Yes. And then the people in that thousand years are millennials. <laughs> no, people that were born around the change that the change from the 1900s to the 2000s. Oh, they're the millennial generation. Okay, right. got it. I and dealt with some cusp. of them this week. I dealt with some oh. of them this week. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> My favorite generation, besides the, uh, what was the Victorian age? Remember, there was a Victorian age. I said to, I was at Bonds yesterday, my, one of my favorite places I go to twice a week. And for some reason, the guy ahead of me had bought a bottle of scotch, but it got on over the my little bar and was in my area. And the mm. lady knows me very well, knows that I'm sober, knows that I have the Don't Die podcast, sees me at Dodger Games, loves when I come to Bonds, said, <laughs> she came to my thing and she said, uh, Robert, is this yours? And I was like, no, no, that's not mine. <laughs> she, no. I can see her feeling like she's on the verge of ruining his life. He's gonna, she's gonna slide the thing across that he ruins his life with. Did you tell and, her you're uh, holding it for a friend? Or? <laughs> no. And the and and the old guy ahead of me that had gotten it, he had already walked away. So I figure, and then I was joking with her like. That guy's going to be back. <laughs> and pissed. <laughs> and pissed. Yep. When he gets home and his <laughs> scotch isn't in his bag of groceries, oh, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. be fucking bumming. What if he's like shaking and shatting his pants? He's, he needs <laughs> that. He might need that scotch. I'm telling he's you. He's going to have to buy food he doesn't need to surround the bottle so he doesn't look, look like the alky he is. <laughs> right. <laughs> like cheap loaves and of bread. Thing, yeah, <laughs> I'm yep, telling you. I'm telling you, there's a lot of alcoholics at Bonds. I see them, and and they see me sometimes. They see me, and they feel ashamed. But this guy, (laughs) this guy, what a bummer for that guy that it got. Like, I didn't, I don't know how it got on my side. You know, those little plastic things you put down and then put your stuff on because the person Mm -hmm. ahead of you. I must have, like, gone around his bottle. (laughs) See, part of you really wanted to take that that was a freudian slip this is what actually happened he slipped it <laughs> over the plastic thing hoping you would pay for it and then he could pick it up on the other side but i can tell you this that guy is not a true alcoholic because there is no way that would happen to me ever nope. in my life I would see that bottle slide across that scanner. I would see it go into my bag and think, yep, we're halfway home, baby. We're halfway home. Don't waste the bag, lady. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, you can keep the top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I used to go in. So Peter Kinnaird, legendary junkie, legendary sober guy. uh, He did this thing. So he, Mike, you know, Peter Kinnaird. Of course I do. Yeah. So Peter, he was still a very handsome man, Chuck, even though he was deep in his That's addiction. rare. Do you understand? So he could present well. I know, like one in a billion, right? He could present well. So he would walk, he showed me the hustle. He would walk through like gourmet uh kind of fancy uh super you know markets, and he would just take all the filet mignon steaks and just stuff it into his jackets and then zip up his jacket. Uh-huh. He'd have a ton of steaks. He'd grow a belly, you know, like a big pot belly of steaks in his, you know, fancy jacket. And he'd just walk out elegantly. And then he would trade the steak directly for dope because there's nothing (laughs) the dope dealers like more than bringing some fine meat home to their wives. That's fucking genius. (laughs) I can't believe I never thought of that. So Yeah. So think about it. 
So he didn't have to like go sell whatever he stole to get money to go give to the guys. He would just say, what do you want? I got filet young. I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius, man. That yeah. is fucking direct to consumer, direct to uh, direct to buyer, whatever you call it. So, so he, uh, you know, he was just an elegant guy and whatever. And that same market that you talk about, the Bronson pavilions on Bronson and, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Franklin, I got arrested for drinking in the store. My, my, so I obviously didn't have the hold it together. <laughs> I didn't have the look of Mr. <laughs> Peter. So, so I'm, I used to just walk in there. I get a shopping cart. I'd walk in, I'd get a bottle of that stuff that I like, the the that tastes like licorice. What was it called? I can't even remember. Jägermeister. So I'd get, but I wouldn't get a big bottle of Jägermeister. I'd get just a little one, like the little, like five inch tall one. And I'd be putting stuff in my shopping carts and I'd be looking at items, you know, I'm reading and, you know, fitting into the supermarket with the Jägermeister opened in the little kids area where he, the kid sits and I just take swigs of it through the store and I would just zigzag through the store drink like two-thirds of a bottle of Jägermeister and then when I'd get to the other side of the store where there was another exit I would act like I was uh I'd forgotten something in my car it was a, it was a real theater <laughs> in that same market <laughs> and but it, the problem was I had no front teeth I hadn't taken a shower in like a month and I had a little a little poop stain, little vomit, little vomit stain on the front, little poop stain on the back, Chuck. So nice. I was not presenting well. And I remember, and I was a little drunk. I got, I hadn't eaten and I was dope sick and I drank like, you know, a pretty good amount of this little bottle of Jägermeister. And I started walking out. I didn't notice the security guard was right there and he was walking through the front of the store kind of watching me apparently. And so I started mm. to walk out and he stood in front of me and said, uh, can I, uh, how, can I help you, sir? And I said, oh, I just got to go out to my car for a second. And he said, well, let's go get your cart. Right? That's not a science. <laughs> That's not something you want to hear. And then you have this decision. Why do you got to go get what? my cart? Well, I didn't want to admit I had a cart. So I said, what cart? And he said, come on, come with me. And I said, what cart? And he started to go to the little bakery area where I'd left the cart and said, this cart. And I walked with him. And then I ran. You know, like he's walking towards her, like, you know, you know, I was a real criminal. I had real criminal fucking panache. <laughs> so he starts walking and I get like three feet behind him, pivot, run, another security guard right there, Chuck. Running. Now what? Now I gotta explain myself. Why was I walking around with this cart, filling it up, drinking Jägermeister? And now why am I running? I couldn't think fast enough on my feet, Chuck, and I was arrested. Oh, no. Oh, poor Bob. But then I was so pissed. I think I lost it because, I, like I said, I was drunk. And I just couldn't believe they were going to arrest me for $18.99. I was like, uh -huh. for 20 <laughs> bucks? For 20 fucking bucks? I was sitting there handcuffed going, for 20 bucks? For 20 fucking dollars? <laughs> this is incredulous. <laughs> this is insulting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now in Los Angeles, you have to steal over a thousand dollars worth of I know. stuff before they so even arrest if you. I, that's funny you say that because when I see this thing, like, like I wouldn't have gotten arrested that day. That, I was in jail for like three days over that twenty dollars, and now there nobody probably had to shower. Yeah, I didn't you know, get a shower. I got, Nyquil um, tastes better, and if you're going to do Nyquil, Robitussin is cheaper, works better. A bottle of Robitussin goes a long way. How about this happened to me two times, Chuck? And I'm thinking it happened. To, I know it happened to Mike Mark, but he probably just, you know, didn't go with his natural gut instinct. So I got arrested 19 times. I know that for a fact because I had a background check at Los Encinas Hospital. And they said, uh, Robert, you've been arrested 19 times. And I was like, yeah, well. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, well, I said, well, there's no, that is a lot. I didn't know it was that much really. Cause you know, it happens here a little bit here, Huntington beach, you know, fucking orange County, Disneyland, uh, Hollywood, Bronson, it's pavilions. Like, you know, so it happened so randomly. You're not sitting there going, wow, this is the 19th time I've been arrested. But mm -hmm. what I said to them is, yeah, but no felony convictions. 
That's what I yeah. said to the, to the HR, right. to the HR lady. Yeah. <laughs> I, beat, I beat every one of them cases, I want you to know. And plus, <laughs> back then, if you remember, you only got held for a little while and they let you go. They wouldn't even keep you the entire weekend. If you had, so yeah, they, if you had, if you had warrants, like I often did, they'd carry you over and you had to go and peer in front of that judge and then that judge yeah, would yeah. release you. That, that was, it was a whole game. Um, I was in there one time when I got arrested at Disneyland and then they had to take me to, um, Valencia. And the joke was like, God, you only get in trouble like Disneyland, Magic Mountain. I didn't get arrested at Magic Mountain. I was pulled over by Magic Mountain. But the fact that I had originally gotten arrested at Disneyland and then they had to take me to the Valencia courthouse, which is right near Magic Mountain. Does Disneyland <laughs> like, know you're the same Bob Forrest that used to terrorize their facility? <laughs> I'm wondering if there's anybody still there from then. <laughs> they didn't I, listen I to the show it. when i got around. arrested there it was before they made downtown disney and before when you just pulled into the parking lot right, right in front right that was such a so, neat time so i'm trying to think like where i got arrested is somewhere where that fancy california adventureland hotel is because i parked far away because i was doing meth and drinking you don't want to park by the front gate there you want to get out near the po light poles out away but people forget what Disneyland was like. It was just a big parking lot where California Adventureland and downtown Disney was. Right, this exactly. is a parking lot. And, you know, you can do meth in parking lots back then, couldn't you, Chuck? Easily. Yeah, there weren't cameras on every corner and they, they didn't have the kind of security they do now. They didn't they didn't think they needed it. And they didn't really because we weren't. Causing so I problems. did. I I did think like I took a rig in my sock and every a whole a whole little works bag and a little I, I used to Disneyland. Yeah, I just put it in my sock. They're not going to fish you. So, so I'm telling you, I do think about this. Probably of those 19 arrests in this day and age, it'd probably be six. You know what I mean? Or less. Like, yeah, well, when you get in a car accident, when you got drugs on you and you're high, that's, that's an arrest in any era, isn't it? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in the 80s, man, people got away maybe, with a lot. Maybe... Maybe there's hope. Maybe someday you can just, you know, run people over while you're drunk and they just go, oh, give you a ticket. You know, you, I, mean? you'll go, you'll go, I was on fentanyl and I was using it the safe injection site. So this is totally legal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll go the other way. They'll just shoot you on the spot. They'll go, look, we, you know, we're sorry. We just got to kill you. Yeah, it might be going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we must now. He's thinking authoritarianism. <laughs> you know, what's going to be interesting, here's what I do think. We talked about this a little bit. Like, I think the breaking up of America is coming in the next 50 years. Then what's going to be really interesting is what happens when a full-on Southern California liberal has to go to, say, Mississippi uh, for a funeral? What happens down there when those two cultures clash i mean you think it'll be that that disparate you think it'll be that big of a deal oh yeah you know mississippi is one state i can't understand i've been reading all about it because brett Farr got seven million dollars in welfare relief money did you see that no <laughs> what got, yeah brett Farr, the football player i believe him because i'm a big brett Farr fan but he has he's from mississippi and he has this nonprofit. And uh, and somehow in this all this COVID relief money, he got given seven million dollars. <laughs> like oh, by, by accident. But he gave it back, right? <laughs> yeah, he gave it back. Yeah. But they but only yeah, like two years later he gave it back when everybody caught on that he got it. But that's uh, a lot of interest right there. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell? How are we, now, how are we surviving? Somebody in the state of I know somebody in the state of Mississippi in the you know cash disbursement welfare program had to say you know because Brett Farr's name is spelled weirdly like F F A E R V F A V R E yeah yeah, yeah. so I mean you're just sitting there one day and you see that name go across your desk and you're just like wait a minute you see. That he's getting seven million dollars worth of welfare. <laughs> we yeah. should just go. I I got uh, supervisor, supervisor. 
I don't think this is correct right here. <laughs> but that shit got rubber stamped and sent out and put in direct deposit to Brett Favre's bank account. Yeah, wow. Millions yeah. of dollars in welfare relief money. Well, people got to care, right? People got to care about their jobs. Like this, this client of mine got a job at a place nearby and he goes, man, I've only been working there for three weeks and I already got a raise. And I said, well, you show up every day. And you, if they ask you to stay late, you stay late. You are and you are at the top of the heap, son. You just keep doing that and you'll be fine. Well, that's what Elijah asked me what my key to success was, you know, because when you get older, your kids do ask you good questions. And I said, saying yes. I said yes for fucking 10 years. Yes. Do you want to work? Yes. Do you want to work overtime? Yes. Do you want to? Every question posed at me from 1996 to about 2004, I said yes. That's what that's what gets you places in this society. I'm sorry. I mean, you know how many times I've asked a, a employee to like do a favor? It's not a favor. It's just a request from from the from work. Like here's a request. Hey, you know, you live on the west side. Can you drop off this policy and procedure booklet to so and so? And they'll say, you know, I got a dentist appointment. Like <laughs> okay, so after the okay, appointment. so. So put it in your car. I literally yeah. had to say this. So put it in your car, go to your dentist appointment, do your dentist stuff. And then on your way home from uh, recuperating from your dental stuff, drop this off at so-and-so's house. But PNPs are important. <laughs> and, and, he, and he didn't see that it was job related or they don't see that. that they don't just something. They, they don't see yeah. that you do me that favor. I'm the guy that has a pathway for you to get a better job. They don't see it that way. There's something missing in a lot of these generations. Even in Gen Xers don't do it. And they'll say, it's not part of my job. You know, this isn't part of my job description. And I, and I tell them what my dad told me. He said, if it was asked of you during work hours and it was reasonable, it isn't your job description. And yeah, I think, it, you, it, I think you can get sued over saying that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, if it, you know, especially like when things like what you were asking, you know, you'll say, Hey, why don't you take off a little early? You know what? Hey, you know, get out. It's a, it's amazing. The amount of people that don't want to do that. I, I, okay, whatever. Some people don't like to work. Maybe they don't want to move up. Great employees. Like one kid during the deep COVID, we thought my father-in-law's in, you know, his mid eighties now uh, that he had COVID because we all had COVID. And we were scared he did, right? And uh, this, what I'd say, friend of mine that works at Aloe, I said, is there a way I can drive my father-in-law and me and we get a test? And he said, oh, no, like, I'll drive out there. He drove out 26 miles from L.A. to give my father-in-law a COVID test. I'd do anything for that guy. I would do anything for that guy. That guy's always... You know, that guy, wherever I hear like, hey, I'm looking for so-and-so. That's the guy that pops up in my head. Not the person who told me it's not part of my job description and not the person who told me about their dental appointment. But we're drug counselors. We're supposed to be helping people understand how the world works, understand how to operate in the world as an adult, <laughs> as a responsible as an employee, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a community member, as a peer, how you behave in society is what we do. That's what AA is. That's what NA is. That is what rehab is. That's what sober living is. That's what outpatient is. And so to see it, actually the problem that we're trying to teach people how to live, to see it within the community that's teaching that, it is like being on acid. <laughs> you got it, <laughs> Right? Yeah. Well, no there's, there's always good and bad. So if yes. I was born 34 years later, I would never have gotten arrested, probably. Because my arrests like are like drunk in public and, you know... Uh, uh, I don't know. You go hard with your drunken public. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, you know. <laughs> no, I have. I have two. I have when I when I'm in a black gut, I have two modes: run or <laughs> or tell everyone off. Like that's like never violence. I'm not a violent person. Like if, but 
But somehow my tongue, the things I say to people make they, them violent toward me. And then I have to read and I must respond. Chuck. I must. respond. <laughs> my father taught me. Well, somebody puts their hands on you. Somebody disrespects you, homie. You got to fight back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I told you how I won Chrissy over, right? So one of our first dates, we went to see Jesus and Mary Chain at the Glass House. And, you know, I kind of walk around Glass House like I own it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't own it. Why would you want to? I don't it? own it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Friends how, did you, owner. How, did you, how did you ask her out? Where did you meet her? I met her at uh fred 62 on vermont but then years later this was years later and i asked her out you just called her and said let's go to the glass house no she had called me <laughs> whoa so so this is like after we known each other like a month and we went out a few times right and i said hey one of my favorite bands is playing of course that generational thing she hadn't really heard of oh. jesus and Mary Jane. <laughs> like so so anyways, we go there and I'm, you know, I'm on a date. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I know the owner and whatever. And I'm like, you know, walking around like a big shot. Like I have a horrible tendency of doing, which I'm trying to get better at. As I get older, it gets better. <laughs> Does it? Big shot is a big shot is at, is at the core of a lot of my uh, issues of my problems. So, uh, nice gentleman comes up to me and says, uh, you can't stand there. And I said, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> what you meant was I shouldn't because we are. So we can. I right. could have given him more info. Right? Don't you know I'm who I am? a very important person. There's not a very important person area here in this place. So wherever I am is a very important people area. And that's right here where we're standing. Oh, I, I like that. And line. Chrissy immediately, Chrissy immediately just adheres to what he's saying. It wasn't that difficult to think. He was asking us to move within the fire line. <laughs> but for some <laughs> move out of the fire line. <laughs> right? Oh my God. But for some reason, I was. I was not of my right senses. I was trying to impress her or whatever. I said, nah, now, uh, really, what's the difference where we stand? Oh, if boy. a fire happens, I will move. And he was not interested. Rather large gentleman, very his big chest, chest very standing out from his uh, forearms. And, I, and he um, motioned to me, almost like he was going to touch me, to push me in behind the fire line. I said, don't uh -oh. you do that. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got scrappy. No, he was a really big guy, Chuck. So he laughed. He laughed at me. <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now, little man? <laughs> little guy with the little, little old guy with the glasses? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and in that moment, a moment of clarity of sobriety and reality that he laughed how stupid I was being was a great moment. So I then made a joke out of it. And I said, is it all right if I, and I put one foot in the fire lane and one foot on the line of the fire line. And I said, would this, this suffice? And he tapped with his foot, tapped my foot. <laughs> you went, line. I'm a chicken hawk and you're a chicken. <laughs> and then he pushed me in. And then he started to walk away and I put my, I put my foot way out in the fire lane. And it was a joke between me and him that Christy was laughing. She's like, what is your problem? I said, I have a problem about being told what to do like that. I just don't like it. And immediately she fell in love with me and married me a few years later. And we have two children. Wow. What does that say about her? I don't know. She, she likes it right off the bat. She, but she I, I had a, I heard it. I had a certain jokey thing was going on. I'm not just some asshole. Like, you know, I make, I make, we've had to talk our way out of being beat up many, many times. <laughs> is drunk. I didn't have that moment of clarity of the size of him and the right. size of me. Right. And the thing that was being, I was so upset about it all came into focus when he laughed. When I said like this, Don't, are you, are you, are you trying to, are you fucking are you fucking looking for some trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Come down here. I got something to tell you. <laughs> and what a great guy. He just laughed. He was like, are you serious right now? 
little man. <laughs> I can squish your head like a grape. <laughs> He's got little cousins or something your size, and he does that all day long. <laughs> Puts his hand on their so forehead funny. and holds him at his length. I'm antisocial and I push the envelope, whatever, but I'm funny about it. And she thought, like, what a crazy guy. Why does he even care? All, and all she did was immediately, she knew what we were doing. We we're standing like eight inches into the fire lane. So you could see Jesus and Mary chain. When you're standing yeah. in the fire lane, some big tall assholes in front of you. You just move eight inches. Now you can see Jesus and Mary chain. Now you get pushed back, whatever. Right? Did I ever tell you my Jesus and Mary chain text in the horse that story about in, in Holland at the parade? Not here. Paradiso, right, Bob? We're opening yeah, Paradiso. Jesus and the Mary chain. And uh, fun. we didn't like them that much because they were poofing yeah, up their sure. hair and they were all private in their dressing room and stuff. We had drinking all of our beer and uh, <laughs> that's a we good start. didn't have any more beer. And so me and Smog just kind of walked into their dressing room while they were doing their hair. And we looked, they had this big trash can full of beer. And we said, uh, we're taking your beer. <laughs> we just drug their beer <laughs> off. My impression was that they were a go? bunch of college. They were a bunch of alternative colleges, which why you like them because they were a bunch of alternative like college kids, man, that took up instruments and turned their back. Art school. Audience. They're art school guys. Yeah, they're art school guys. No, I can I can I can dare to say you and me have written some good songs. I've, I've never written a song as good as Happy When It Rains. Yeah, but it's one never, of the greatest we've songs. We've never though. acted like rock stars and like separated is, ourselves. Is that the one garbage And did? turned our backs on the audience and played for 20 minutes and then walked off. We've never. Yeah, they just played bullshit. for 20 minutes. Me and, Anth me and Anthony went and saw at the Roxy and we got there a little late and they were just going on or they had just gone on their first song and then they were done in like 15 minutes. I was like, yeah, what the that. hell was that? They played, they, that was their thing, Chuck. They only played for 20 minutes. Well, how and do you even like, get warmed up in 20 minutes? It they takes me 20 start minutes really to get loud. They start really loud and it just gets louder. That's all I can tell you. But anyways, what? I love them. And, but when they came out, I didn't like that. I didn't like any English bands because all the American bands were being ignored. I, that's what I felt. I had a big war with Depeche Mode. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. like uh, it took it took. Uh, I mean, there were definitely to... art bands that needed to you know, that were totally bona fide. Like like the Swans were amazing. Uh, morphine was amazing and stuff. And then there was like, I just felt that these Mary Chain were just a bunch of phonies to me. I, you know, I just didn't. But like were them. the Smiths a bunch of phonies to you? Nah, I mean, not really, because they had so much material. They had a lot yeah, of they not, when they not when they started, they had two albums. Well, when I saw them, they had two albums. Yeah, and but one, I think they came out with like two records a year for the time they, no, were, they, they were prolific and they, and they didn't, you know. I don't was know. Depeche Mode a bunch of college students? I didn't really listen to Depeche Mode very much, but I do now. I've, well, I like them now, but I didn't listen to them back then. But my thing wasn't about whether the bands were good or bad. I just hated them because they weren't playing on K-Rock and they weren't. I felt I didn't know the interconnectedness of concert promoters and 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 radio. So the concert promoters had to sell tickets. So they were just only doing concerts with bands that were on the radio. And then all of me and my friends were not on the radio. Texas and the Horseheads were not, the Lonely Smots were not, the Chili Peppers weren't, Fishbone wasn't, Jane Addiction wasn't, um, Soul Asylum was not, The Replacements were not, Black Flag was not. So all the bands I loved and was friends with didn't get played on the radio. So thus you weren't moving up the ladder, right? And the only American band I remember in that mid-80s era that got played on the radio was Oingo Boingo. And I remember being so happy for them. Like, now, Lo and Lone they, Justice, Lone Justice made the radio. They didn't get played on the radio. Not okay. until way later, Shelter, the song Shelter. By that time, everybody got played on the radio. Yeah. But but the first Lone Justice album that's got so many great songs on it, that didn't get played. The Blasters didn't get played. X didn't get played. Like all these great American bands Chuck did not get played on the radio yet anything with an English accent did. And that's what I was against. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so 
So I, but here's the problem. I declared war on a real, a lot of great artists like the Pesmo, like, like, like the Pesmo, like the Smiths. Coming back to haunt you. Oh, it is. With the Pesmo, Dave Gahane, it did come back to haunt me. And because he's a big supporter of Music Cares and Map. And, and he's so great. He really Mark's, is on his solo he, stuff. He's, he's a really nice, super nice guy. Super and Shante became friends with the guitar player. And every time I would meet one more of them, there would be that moment like, this is the bloke that fucking talks shit about us for fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. And, and so it really was, I was so angry that they didn't play the replacements on K rock or, or on, on the one down in San Diego. That, and they always played Gene Loves Jezebel and fucking Jesus and Mary Chain and all these bands that I just didn't even listen to them. I was just so prejudiced. Like, why are you not playing bands that are from Southern California? They I didn't never have could long understand that. Well, the Red Hot Chili Peppers had a long enough name. There were a lot of long oh, names. Oh, do you then. need long names? Jesus and Mary Chain, Gene Loves Jezebel, the Pashmo. Flesh That's for short. Lulu. Flesh for Lulu had that. You know one thing? One of Flesh for Lulu's radio songs was a weirdos song. Which so one? Flesh for Lulu covered Life of Crime by the Weirdos. Uh, really? It was a it. it it never caught on. It didn't catch on like, but it was on the radio yeah, I know, for like a while. The here's the thing. They gave the English fans, like, even if the English fans had a shitty single on their new album, they still played it for a while until people didn't want to hear it and didn't call in about it. So anyways, there was this interconnectivity between what was played on the radio and what kind of gigs you got. And I remember the first time an L.A. band headlined Gibson Amphitheater. It was called Universal Amphitheater then, right? <laughs> It was Oingo Boingo. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers opened because Halal was friends with Danny Elfman. And that I remember going there and setting up the equipment. It was just like, we're in the Gibson Amphitheater, which right by now, like, it seemed like, you know, like you're playing, you know, Isle of Wight, like this huge place that I saw Frank Sinatra in and the Blues Brothers and, and Rush and... And, you know, Roger Waters and, and like you just saw all these big bands. Remember, it was called the Universal Amphitheater and it had no roof. It was like a, an amphitheater there. I saw Frank Sinatra there with no roof. Then they put a roof on it. I saw the Blues Brothers. And then the first L.A. band to play there was Oingo Boingo and the Chili Peppers were the opener. And what happened was. I was both the guitar tech and bass tech because, um, well, Flea broke strings often and Halal never broke strings. That's so Halal kind of took care of <laughs> yeah, yeah, Halal kind of always took care of himself. And if he, he you know, he had a, a, a Strat and then he had another shitty backup guitar. So... But often when Hillel broke a string, it was a high E or whatever, he would just turn, put it on himself. He would just get it out of his case, put it on. He could put on a string so fast, mm -hmm. right? He mostly you break the high E string, yeah. right? So he could put it on so fast that Anthony Flea would just do like, whoop, 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 you know, they're like, you know, and Hillel would put a new string on. And I, would, and I would stand there like a good rodeo doesn't know any. I would just stand there next to Hillel while he did it. That was my job. Support. Excellent job. Hello. You would hand him Excellent. the string. I would hand him the string. Yes, possibly. <laughs> Take it out of the white paper, unravel it and give it to him. And then he just slide it up. That guy could put a string on in literally 90 seconds. Yeah. So anyways, so we're playing Gibson Amphitheater. This is 1983 or 84, early 84. Chuck, can you look up when Oingo Boingo played in 1984 at the Gibson Amphitheater? And you can find the date this was. So come out first song, which, you know, they were like minute and 29 second songs. Flea breaks a bass string. And then I, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. And he's playing this bass that this doesn't stay in tune. I'm, I'm trying to put that bass string on. I don't really know how I kind of know how I get it on. Give it to him. Hillel breaks two strings on his strat 
goes to his backup guitar and it's shorting out and it doesn't work. I run over to Halal's side. I go, what, what's, what's going on? And I'm thinking he's going to tell me, put strings on my Strat. And he's like, go ask Danny if I can use one of his guitars. Because there was all the Danny Elfman's uh, Oingo Boingo guitars were right behind us. We were set up in front of them. And uh, so I go running to the ba backstage and I didn't know backstage protocol. This is my first big rock show I'm ever roadieing for ever in the history of mankind. I've never even roadied at the whiskey. I've roadied at like the cuckoo's nest. So I just, I don't know. You're supposed to knock or you're, I don't know if you're supposed to check with the road manager, <laughs> all the rules of everything. So I just go to where Danny Elfman's dressing room was. Cause we were talking to him earlier in the day and I just, I just didn't even knock. I just opened the door and I said, is there any way that Hillel can use? And as soon as I started the thing, I thought it would just be a room where Danny Elfman was. I didn't even know what a big dressing room was. And so there's just this girl and this other guy sitting on a couch in there. And I said, is Danny here? And he said, yes, right here. And I looked to my left and Danny Elfman is sitting on the toilet pooping. <laughs> I said, so this oh, is a Danny Elfman pooping story. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, and I started to back out the door and he goes, use whatever you want. And he shut, reshut the bathroom door. He like heard there's a commotion. So he opened the, you know, the <laughs> toilet door to see what the commotion was. And it was this guy with dreadlocks going, uh, can we use one of your guitars? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, you're not Danny Elfman. Who are you people? <laughs> and, Danny Elfman, and Danny Elfman opened the toilet door and said, use whatever you want and whatever you need, please don't interrupt me. So right were, were pants down around the ankles? Yeah, he was sitting on the toilet. Oh, All right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it says here. The only time I've ever met the man since was then. Was he in the Danny Elfman makeup stuff? No, there was no real make. It was it was like pre all that. This is 1984. What 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 month was it, Chuck? Can you no, look it up? It says August. August of 84? Of 83. 83. It, it says Flea broke a bass string in the first song. Suddenly it was crickets, and I had to talk to the audience while Flea Who changed the string. Who said that? It says Anthony wrote about the show in his autobiography. Ongo Boingo had come up from the same club scene we were in, and they just kept going. They weren't our favorite band in the world, but they had some interesting instrumentation. Who's we knew reading that. Anthony Kiedis' autobiography on the internet? It's on live sets. I just did. Uh, okay. So did August Oingo of 83. There you go. It's August of 83. And, uh, and, and then Flea uh, broke another string. So he broke Yeah, but two. he doesn't say the halal <laughs> thing. The best part was halal broke strings. And I had to run and get Danny Elfman's guitar. And he happened no. to be very busy at the time. The best thing is that Danny Elfman was pooping. <laughs> that's, that's not in there. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I it should have been. Hey, you know, this was, this was a pivotal day in our lives. So read more of what, because when Anthony got there, Anthony, I mean, we were all pretty crazy, but yeah, Anthony said, was, uh, Anthony was the craziest. So there was this thing above the crowd that was like, it was carpeted and it was on an angle that it was a, to kill sound, right? Anthony went to the, went to the balcony and got on that thing. and was running back and forth across the whole theater like could fall 30 feet to his death or cracked head. Does he put that in there that he ran back and forth on the, and this no, is no. a sound check. He did this. No, no. Cause he was saying, he, he just <laughs> said, nobody got to um, see them. They are. They offered us the opening slot. Here we were with no record deal, a 10 song repertoire. And we were going from playing in a club before 200 people to playing. But we went on stage wearing our weirdest clothes right in the middle of the first song. Flea broke a bass string. Suddenly it was crickets. And then within seconds, the crowd was booing and throwing stuff at us, chanting, we want Oingo Boingo. Yeah, there was uh, Oingo Boingo. Hey, listen, that just goes with the territory. Come on. Yeah. Is he complaining about that? Yeah. No, he's, he's a, not a complainer. Goes, we started again, and Flea was so wound up that he broke another string. Yeah, at this I told you. Didn't <laughs> I this tell you? Danny Didn't Elfman, who was the lead singer of Oingo Boingo and also a fan of ours, strolled on stage wearing a bathrobe with a face full of shaving cream as if he were coming straight from his dressing room. Straight he took the mic and... Pooping. Straight from pooping. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He took the mic and told the crowd that he really liked us and they should be respectful. Yes. But then yes. he left and the few unruly guys in the crowd didn't heed his endorsement. We soldiered on and got cooking. Yeah. I, no, I think we I, let them how crazy know. is that? So that's August of 83. Wow. We have we're old. That's that first thing that I learned from that story. We are old. That's 40 I'm years. Old. That's 40 years. Yeah, 40 years ago. What the fuck happened? <laughs> but you know what's amazing? Flea Anthony. Jack Irons and 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 Danny Elfman all playing music, all still alive. I'm still alive. It's sad the passing of Hillel, but I mean that's pretty amazing. Forty years later, like five guys in that in that day were still alive. Yeah, right? especially you, Bob. Still in the Hollywood Bowl. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went to the Hollywood Bowl night before last. So here's another thing. So I love Kenny Loggins. I don't want to hear it, Mike Mart. You can go fuck yourself. Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins sang my favorite song that me and my girlfriend, when I was twelve years old, kissed what, you. <laughs> no, God, you're so young. You're so young. You don't know the genius Wait, of is Kenny this Loggins. Loggins and Messina. Yes. You're talking about? Wait, let me let me sing you the song. Please oh. come to Boston for the springtime. I'm living here in a home and we got lots of room. And we you can sell your paintings on the sidewalk. Isn't that the WCKRP thing? No, <laughs> oh maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Please come to Boston was Loggins of Messina watching the river run, but the best one. Um, Danny's song. You ever heard that song, Chuck, Mr. Punk Rock? Danny's yeah. song? Yes, um, I have. The about the bird. Gimme, gimme's do a good yeah, version. Yeah, Mr. Of it. Punk Rock. Have you ever heard that song, Mr. <laughs> Punk Rock? <laughs> yeah, I know. What, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> no, no, no I've only heard uh, songs with most three chords. traditional punk rockers would not like Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins Confirmed. was supposed to play eight months ago at the Hollywood Bowl, <laughs> yes. and I got tickets. And then he canceled because he had COVID. And we were all pumped. Or because and my nobody bought tickets. I, my mother <clears throat> gotta be 80 years old by now. <laughs> my mother-in-law, who loves Kenny Loggins, and me and Chrissy and Sydney and Elvis were all going to go to the Hollywood Bowl. So then it got rescheduled. It was Saturday night. And first one to pull out my mother-in-law. Oh, I'm not really feeling it. I was like, you felt it eight months ago. What's changed? What's changed about Kenny Zara? What's changed about it? We got to go see Kenny. Please come to Boston for the springtime. And, um, and WJRP in Cincinnati. So, so, so then, you know, if she's not going, I'm thinking, all right, well, let's leave I just with her. And because he's like, honestly, I was kind of not wanting to go. <laughs> And then oh. Elvis goes, Elvis goes, goes I think kidding? I'm, I think I'm supposed to go with my mom to one of her friend's birthday parties. I go, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you know, you. you are not going to your mom's friend's birthday Did party. Did you force them to go? No, Sid was my only ally. She oh. said, I'll go, daddy. I'll oh. go. And so yeah. me and Sid went and enjoyed a night of Loggins and Messina and Kenny Loggins. And let me tell you, it was like lighting the world on fire. I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Don't know. Oh, see, that was a good fight. movie. It made that, that was from that was from, uh, Caddyshack. from uh, Caddyshack. I'm all right yeah. with the little the little gopher. That dance. was the gophers song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what label were they? Uh, were they on Warner Brothers or Capitol or something? Loggins and Messina was great. They're a little too jammy for me. I didn't know really how jammy they are. They are very jammy because they have these hit number one song. Danny's song was like number one. For sure. Please come to Boston was um Danger watching zone. that day. He put no, but what you gotta understand when you see Kenny, it's a night of Kenny. It's almost as if and Lionel Richie could model <laughs> after this. Lionel Richie could learn a thing or two from Kenny Loggins, my friend. Yeah. I love okay. Kenny Loggins. So Kenny Loggins does an, a 50-minute set of Loggins and Messina with Jim Messina, intermission, then Kenny comes out himself. To do his bitching shit from the fucking 80s. Oh, wow. Like Footloose. 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 I'm all right. Is that Kenny Danger Loggins? Zone. Footloose. Huh? Footloose what? Was Kenny Loggins? Yes. Footloose. Yeah. Footloose. Give me oh, up to Sunday. I don't like it very much. Please. How about those for lyrics? 
How does it go? Loose, foot loose, kick up your <laughs> Sunday your shoes. shoes. Kick, kick wow. off your Sunday shoes. Uh-oh. Um, geez, I... geez, Louise. Gotta get down on your knees. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that man. is Bob Dylan-esque poetry right there, gentlemen. All well, the I gotta tell you, I did monitors for Sarah McLaughlin, my guilty pleasure, because all of her songs are so down and depressing and she stuff. She sings every so time, cool. Every time she sings that angel song, just sing that, dying dogs. that angel song, it just makes me cry, man. I swear to God. Here, I'm at the monitor board and I'm fucking like in tears because I love that song so much. Yeah. I almost cried during Danny's. I almost cried during Danny's song because my mom loved that song. I'm sure she listened to it, you know, when she was, you know, thinking when I was like one years old. No, she, I, I was like 10 when it came out. But, but, you know, that thing of like, people smile and tell, tell me, me i'm, I'm the lucky, lucky one, one. Yeah, and we begun. just begun and i'm gonna have a son even though we ain't got money i'm still in love with you honey and everything I bring a chain of love oh, yeah. oh, so i i got a little chills i got a little choked up i was thinking about my mom how much she loved kenny loggins and it was the very moment and i looked out of the corner of my eye and sid was looking at me like are you fucking crying? <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, no, 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 no. And she just looked at me six years old, like, what a fucking baby. <laughs> she's going to be, she's, she's going to remember be, that for the rest of her life, though. She's going to be something. To the day daddy like. cried. Yeah, that cried at a fucking Kenny Loggins show. Anyway, hey, so let's talk about our show. Magic. We're playing Friday. We are. We're playing yes. Sunday. Sunday. But Friday, Sunday. I'm going. Sunday, Everybody, Sunday. get your tickets. Probably going to be the same thing as the Kenny Loggins thing. It'll be me and Sid down there and Dana Point at Ohana Fest soaking up. Stand back, stand back in the middle of my room. Well, I'm all down and uh, I wonder if Kenny Loggins and Stevie Nicks know each other. Probably, Ooh, they probably do, anyways. So, and Stevie then, Nicks is on Friday. Well, Eddie, and, I'm going to see Eddie. So, like, Jack White, who plays last, Jack White or Eddie Vedder? I don't know. It says Eddie Vedder slash Jack White. So, I have no idea. They play together. Happened. I don't know. I mystery to me. I don't have the inside. Well, info. Cool. I, I think they'll probably just play and maybe play together. I don't know. What a crazy kid Josh Klinghoffer is. So yeah. I I text him this thing because he played, you know, he was a part of Narles Barkley and I love Narles Barkley. I'm so sad they're canceled or whatever. They were so great. Um, but. Wait, did yeah, he Josh just did. He was Star at the Wars Grammys. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think he took really? his hat off right away, though. That's cool. I, from what I remember, hmm. like because oh, the band, the band, they had well, like stormtrooper helmets. Yeah, on. they were all in stormtroopers, the, and then I think yeah, the, get the band was here. different. I, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't talk about his Norris Barkley history. He doesn't talk about his Beck history. That kid has been in every great band. He was in Norris Barkley, Beck, the Butthole Surfers, PJ Harvey, what the Chili Peppers. I I mean Sparks. He was in Sparks. I know. Like Josh Klinghoffer has been in every band, but he was on stage when they did the Star Wars thing. And I think he took his. I think he thought like this. I'm not wearing this fucking mm. hat. I think he took his hat off because it was live. Like what they can do. You got to wear it to march out there or something. But then once you get on stage, like just take your stormtrooper hat off. Which, yeah. That's so. Anyways, that's what I remember. Now I, I heard this version, I think version, crazy on it. But, but wait, I heard this version. I'm going to tell you about Josh. I heard this version of "Crazy" by this English folk singer. It's so haunting. It's so great. It's one of the few things where this this cover is better than the original song, and the original song is so great. But it's uh, I, I'll tell you the guy's name. It, I've been listening to it. I just blown away. So I sent it to Josh, and he was like, "Who the fuck is that?" He texted me back, right? And um, and the guy's name, just hold on. This guy's this guy's amazing. Write this down, Chuck. You'll love this. Nathan Ball. N-A-T-H-A-N-B-A-L-L. Nathan Ball covers. Yeah, punk rock Chuck. <laughs> yeah, he covers. Uh, yeah, I don't crazy- know. 
play can listen to it. I don't know if it's not yeah, punk. it's a little outside the punk rock realm, but it's raw and it's urgent. So that's part of punk rock, raw and urgent. So, anyways, Nathan Ball. So I sent it to him, and so I text him, "When are you back in L.A.?" And he calls me, which you know, not every day that a big rock star calls you. So I answer the phone. And I hear in the background, I hear like noises. I go, where are you right now? And he goes, driving back. And I go, driving back from where? And he goes, from Nova Scotia or something. It's like, like, <laughs> like the, wherever the Pearl Jam tour ended, he just rented a car and is driving back to LA by yeah. himself. Aww. He just loves to drive, that guy. That's awesome. So, so we talked for like two hours and he told me the whole Niles Barkley story. So this song is so great crazy right it's one of my probably one of my it's definitely one of my hundreds greatest songs ever written it definitely is so he tells me like brian the guy that's named danger mouse so brian has a has a old 70s italian instrumental record and he just puts a drum beat behind it and CeeLo literally walked up to the mic and just ad-libbed that song off the top of his head how fucking crazy is that how could you Does that how make could me you crazy? like yeah oh yeah i know but then when i when he told me that i was like yeah it doesn't follow a verse chorus verse chorus fucking uh, consistency it goes into a bridge when it's supposed to go back to the second verse right it goes into the and and it, it doesn't even have a second verse. Then it does the second verse after it does this weird bridge part. And then it does the chorus. Then it does nothing. It just does like string sounds from the sample. And then it just does the chorus out. It's one of the greatest songs ever. And the guy, the guy did it off the top of his head. Like that's, really that's cool. crazy. Literally. Yeah. So anyways, but Narles Barkley isn't playing, but Josh Klinghoffer is, and he's in Eddie Vedder's band. So is he playing with Jack White? Is Jack White, Mike, you got to get more details about this concert. Uh, I can't. I hope you're going to have to buy. You're the one that talked to him for two hours. Why didn't you ask him? He wouldn't know that they're playing with Jack White. Nobody tells the guitar player anything. Well, Do they tell the guitar player tell me something? <laughs> well, Smitty's the one that knows everything. Uh, like, yeah, but he's very close to his vest. Well, his because, part. well, how late does the thing go? Because Sid can't stay up that, like, she falls asleep like at 10 o'clock. Even yeah, if it's, it's, it's not going to go past that at all. No, it's going to be. If Eddie Vedder goes on at eight and then Jack White plays after yeah, Eddie usually Vedder, they go on like around eight and play for a couple of hours. So no, I don't they know. each have to play for an hour and a half. But if, if it's you Jack White, correct? It's usually over by ten. No, I, I don't. So. I left it. I left at ten, and their fucking Pearl Jam was still playing. Didn't they say the last time? I remember them saying we've already paid the fine, so we're playing longer. At Ohana Fest, uh, they said that. Yeah, they, they said fine. we've oh, wow. already paid. We've already paid the fine. We're going. Okay. Mm, okay. So, anyway, so I don't think Jack White wants to pay the fine, though. I definitely don't think he wants to. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Ohana Fest this weekend in Dana Point, it's Friday stupid. night. You got to be there, Stevie Nicks. If you can find me, I'll buy you a soda pop. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if some good alcoholic asked you to buy him a beer? That's why I didn't want to get into that nine dollar stuff. I'll buy a coke for four dollars. I'll buy a coke for four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you're not buying the eighteen dollar. Hey, and the selfies, are, and the selfies are free. Selfies are free. Oh, I I gave a selfie outside Elvis's school the other day. Oh, it was my. so cool. This guy was chasing me and I thought I, and I had parked in the red. So I thought it was some neighbor going to yell at me. Um, but it was this guy, Bob, Bob, I hate to bother you. And he was not because of Thelonious Monster. It was not because of the bicycle thief. It was not because of celebrity rehab. Guess what it was because of? <laughs> Don't die podcast. No. Swear to God. Amazing. You know, and I, you know, I, you said something like a while back about how, I, I think getting a selfie is way cooler than getting an autograph. Yeah, picture is better than an autograph, but I I like buying autographs of dead people, right? <laughs> or or people you could never come in contact with. Like I'll what do I have? Something for you I'll right tell you what I, I have. I, Chrissy <laughs> bought me. I have a Fats Domino autograph. 
I have Fela Kuti autograph. I have an Elvis Costello autograph and I have a Bob Dylan autograph in this room. I've never met, well, I've met Elvis Costello and I met Bob Dylan one time, but I never met any of them, but I got their autographs in my, in my office. I didn't get those autographs. I bought them on eBay. Did I ever tell you about the asinine thing I did with my guitar? I have a Gibson uh, uh, country and Western and uh, Steve Earle gave it to me and Steve Earle signed it. Uh, Neil Young signed it. Um, you didn't sell it, did you? No. Uh, um, you know, the guy from Creedence Clearwater who never gives oh, out. John Fogarty. He, John he Fogarty. signed it. And then I met a blue suede shoes. Um, you know, Carl Perkins, uh, Carl, Carl Perkins. Perkins, and he signed it and he signed it so nice. He put from your friend, Carl Perkins to Mike. And then he put a nice little thing and I, I erased everybody else's signature. <laughs> No, you erase Neil Young's. I said, you know what? I don't even need any of these other people because he started rock and roll, and I just erased. I just sort of. Oh my God! Do you see what I've been, Chuck? Do you see what I've been dealing with for forty years? See, there you go. But I still have Carl Perkins. Six months later, he died. (laughs) Neil Young and John Fogarty. Oh my God! I know John Fogarty. That's kind of my. So let's go on to the Sunday. We're doing the Don't Die podcast at three o'clock. Pink, Pink is playing at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever. Did you listen to the song Irreverent? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. She's rock. So Pink, yeah, I just don't know. I gotta, I gotta feel sit out about Pink. Pink is a weird, is a weird. You know, she's very theatrical. Pink. She's not gonna do any acrobatic stuff. That was one tour. That was like the socks. You know, is that going <laughs> to is that going to so, follow her forever? I, I wonder. I wonder if she's tired of people going. Saw you going to bring the circus thing this time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we cover the headliner: Stevie Nicks, Eddie Vedder, Jack White, uh, and and Pink. Now, what are some of the cool things during the day? My kids I are totally to- waiting. They can't wait to see Saint Vincent the girl bass player to trio they're kind of progressive they do really strange stuff sometimes man but yeah, yeah i've seen them on saturday night live they, i liked what i saw yeah they're opening the i saw them they're opening the chili peppers tour oh they're so she good. she it's a she it's a girl it's annie clark or saint vincent okay yeah so she but she's probably playing at like seven or something who's the daytime know. people no, remember that kid right four pink are they yeah but who's playing the daytime? Like last year was this kid Cave Town. You ever heard of this kid? I love that guy. On our day, October 2nd, which is a Sunday, it's a St. Vincent Pink, St. Vincent, Dermot Kennedy, group love, broken social scene. Yeah, broken social scene is great. Oh, excellent. I'm going to get there. We'll be seeing that. And uh, then there's uh, Bomba Estero, Kevin Morby. Briston Maroney, Madison Cunningham, Devin. I'm getting Gil- a feeling this is a lot of singer songwriters. That's just okay, my so guess. Then the Eddie That's my guess. Is that Billy Strings kid who's like this really hot shot, like banjo sort of crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid, right. And man, yeah, YouTube. Man- yeah. YouTube. Yeah, man- really Orchestra. likes him. Yeah. Yeah, Manchester Orchestra Inhaler. I don't know what that is. And then there's Mike Campbell and the Dirty Knobs from uh, Tom Petty. Hey, oh my God. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then for Stevie wow, Nicks night is uh, the second one. Uh, the uh, headlining with Stevie is a uh, Krangabin. Have you ever heard of them? What? Krangabin. No. I just watched some videos on them. They look really good. So Brittany. And Howell. then what are the what are the daytimes on Friday? Because I'm just going to probably go down there Friday. The daytime on Friday is uh, the live Beach Goons, Habibi. Uh, oh, Habibi, I know. That's good. Yeah, so let me Lemon. ask you Dope this. Lemon, what a cool you know, name. When I start thinking, do I want to see, you know, Broken Social Scene on Saturday and then wait all the time to see Eddie and Jack White, I'm going to, gentlemen, I'm going to I'm gonna say this. I'm going to probably need the RV down there. I'm going to probably have to take the uh, RV There were there. specific instructions to not bring the RV, especially <laughs> after, after that one <laughs> podcast <laughs> where you revealed all of that. <laughs> all the way <laughs> sir you can't park there <laughs> he texted me almost immediately after I, I released that and he said tell bob no rv please 
<laughs> that wasn't even at Ohana Fest. That was at some other thing. <laughs> yep. But that's that's the way you do your people, Bob. Oh, <laughs> and he's <God>. worried. <laughs> oh, thank God Golden Voice doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> so, oh, Wiley does. What am I talking about? Oh uh, my God. I'm gonna be banned from Coachella this year because of the RV thing. Uh, the RV is gonna follow you forever. <laughs> that RV has got to get out. Of I here. can't believe you just blamed the RV. <laughs> it's the RV, dude. It does something to you. It's you got- not the RV's fault, Bob. <laughs> you have to have some accountability. The RV played a part, but you were there too. Okay. <laughs> it's just no, too no. Much. I told you. I told you. I went to my good friend's house, and it was what was his wife's birthday. When's my wife's birthday? And I thought, and I was way up in Santa Barbara. I thought, oh, I'll just bring the RV up there. And I went to um, turn the electricity on so I could turn the air conditioning on. And I dumped the fucking urine in the driveway. <laughs> And I was like, holy, and I looked, I looked at her, I was like, what's that sound? And she goes, what button did you push? I go, what's that sound? And you can hear it just like. <laughs> Imagine that. Class I, turned I turned it off thinking, and I ran outside and I just saw the puddle running out from under the fucking RV. And there was these two guys. It was like a big fancy birthday party. And these two guys in black pants and white shirts come up and go, can we help you? And I was like, do you guys have a hose out here? And they're like, <laughs> oh, what did you do? What do you need? And I said, and I said, I just need a hose. I need water. And I don't want to tell okay. you. <laughs> and they pointed to the gate entryway to the house and they said, pull over there thinking like I needed to hook the RV up to a hose to like do something. I was like, no, no, no. I need the hose to come out here. And they looked and it was like, it was like 500 feet. And they're like, Hose ain't coming out here. I was like, I really need a hose out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you weren't a problem afterwards. Can you imagine that? After, after, after your Dave Matthews, I'll dump wherever I want. Mode. Yeah, can you imagine that <laughs> happening backstage at Ohana? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, my feet well, are the wet. Guy, oh. the guy, I told you, the guy that was telling me all the things, he was kind of boring and he kind of talked too much. And in between instructing, he was telling stories of camping trips. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know I get it. And he goes, this is very important. And he would tell me this button is for this. And I wasn't taking notes so much. Right. And there's nothing in there that tells you what goes to what. But it still was there's, his fault. It's his fault. Well, he shouldn't no, have told camping stories in between the telling me what buttons were for what. That's yeah, totally his fault. That son of a bitch. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know where he lives? <laughs> Do you want to know how crazy I am? Do you want to know how crazy I am? I duct tape the urine dumping button up. You can't, you can't move. And I said, because of Idris, we don't want Idris doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Idris isn't the problem here, Bob. <laughs> and again, not the RV, not the baby. You are the common denominator in all these stories. Come was, on. <laughs> who knew how hot it would be in Santa Barbara? It was fucking hot. Um, I had to, you know, the sun, the RV. This is endless. <laughs> but so no RV. Okay, no RV. I get it. Okay, Ohana Fest this weekend. No RV. I wonder if they have fire lanes that I can't stand in. Also, <laughs> there will be an emergency exit or something. Someday, Bob, yes. it will happen where you have the RV. Everybody's camping out in chairs, and we're singing songs, and we're having a great time. Some Someday that will happen. Probably not at Ohana Fest, but some some festival thing that will go on. Well, I think no. what's going to happen it is, is Elvis, Elvis and Charles, his best friend, Dimitri's son, I, they were they had a sleepover a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And I said, why don't you guys go sleep in the RV? And they, they kind of went out there like they were gonna, and then it was too hot, right? Because yeah. it's been fucking hot all summer. Yeah. So I'm thinking, that. come here Thanksgiving, like just go camp in the RV. Like I need some purpose. I need to get my usage out of it. If I don't take it, if I can't take it to concerts because I'm an asshole to parking people, <laughs> and I don't want to go to 
to the beach because just like, I don't know, seems like you have to make reservations, but I don't know if I'm going to be alive in three months. I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit to like going to Oxnard for fucking to sit, to get a parking spot at the beach. You have to book it three months in advance. Does that seem insane to you guys? Or is that normal? No, that's normal. When we would do our San Clemente trips, because we'd go to South County and San Alejo, you'd have to get them. I think they'd open up the days six months ahead of time and you'd have to get right on it. How did we become a society so covered in bullshit and bureaucracy? Right? How did we become this? Oh my God, I just coming in here. What are you doing awake, buddy? Come here. He's got a Bob Dylan shirt on. Look at that. That's a Bob Dylan. Look at those guys. Hey, hey. Look at those guys. Who is that? So anyways, the, uh, the, they limit how many kids can go into GameStop. Like, how many rules do you fucking need in this society? I got to get Idris to bed. God, it's 8.15 and he's not asleep. This could be a troublesome night. Uh-oh. Well. You both have kids. If kids don't go to sleep in that certain window of their sleep time, it's, a, it's not good. It's not no, good. It's like Seroquel. If they miss their they miss their window, they're hungry again. Yeah, they're, they're hungry, up for a they're while. Cranky and they're running around. <laughs> he makes a mess. You know, can you imagine like I'm kind of got OCD. I don't know if you're familiar with this disorder. Oh no. I have three children just moving shit all the time around this house. Just yeah. like all of a sudden I turn around. So I go into the bathroom this morning to pee. There used to be a stand, wooden table with a with a plant on it. I go in there, that's gone. And there's a rocking chair in there. And so then I go, Chrissy, did you put a rocking chair in the bathroom? And she goes, I know not to do anything in your bathroom. <laughs> and I was oh like, and I go, Elvis, did you do this? And he's like, no, I just brought it in there. I just took the other thing out. So that was an interesting <laughs> note. That was an interesting note, wasn't it? Chuck? They're working together. <laughs> so to I, just drug, I just has this cool little rocking chair that my friend Dave and his wife bought him when he was born. And he, he doesn't really sit in it. He just pulls it along behind him. Oh, so no. he pulled it into the bathroom. And then Elvis was following him, I guess. And Elvis saw, well, that looks good there. So he just took the table and plant out. I said, where are the table and plant? And he goes, outside. I was like, outside? His fiction yeah. outside that's in my bathroom? Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the plant or the table. Yeah, th- I know. Anyway, so good night to all. We'll see you at Orhan. I'll see you at Stevie Nicks. I wonder, I wonder about this Eddie Vedder or Jack White. I really got to get to the bottom of that tomorrow. Are they yeah, playing, playing together? Separately, but they'll probably be close together. Right? I can't so- imagine that they wouldn't share a stage for one moment. Why wouldn't you? Is there a greater rock song written in our in this last generation than Seven Nation Army? Not really. Not really. That riff, come on, that's equal to down, 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 down. That's equal to we will rock. Kenny Loggins wrote so long ago. I guess you know, since Highway to the Danger Zone, it is the. I'm going to leave you with the great Kenny Loggins. People uh, smile and tell me I'm the lucky one. Oh, yeah. The Me They're First just the Gimme Gimme song. That, that, they do and it. I'm going to have a son and a daughter and another son and then a son 30 years later. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> All right. See you later. See you at Ohana Fest. Yeah, you know, at Fest, you guys. We'll be in touch. S- Smitty wasn't mad at me about the Winnebago, right? He's just being oh, insane. No, like, yeah, don't bring Okay. I wanted to make sure you knew. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.